This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Kanyokahage Nation in Jochage, also known as Montreal, Quebec, the original lands of many First Nations, including the Kanyokahage of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, Huron-Wendat, Abenaki, and Anishinaabe. Taking the time when we engage with digital space to think about the ways in which technology has been fundamentally constructed, regulated, and reinforced by forces of colonialism is a crucial part of the process of understanding the ways in which the colonial narrative is entrenched within our daily lives. Thinking critically about digital space allows for examination of the ways in which colonial motives of control, assimilation, and erasure continue to be embedded in parts of our daily practices. It is equally important to reflect upon our individual positionality in relation to these forces, thinking about how we support and reinforce colonization and how we use and think about technology. We must continue to ask questions about our role in upholding colonialism, including asking ourselves how we engage with technology and questions questioning how we relate to digital space. To learn what land you're on, go to native-land.ca. cozy chill kind of episode today I am just coming out of the end of the semester all of my assignments are handed in all of my exams and final papers are done everything's done and I'm ready to fucking chill I thought it would be nice to just cozy up for potentially the last episode of the year. I'm saying that tentatively because I might end up recording something when I'm home for the holidays, but I'm going into this episode kind of treating it as though it's the last one because it very well might be just for this year, not forever, but I am going to be taking a break for a few weeks just to let myself relax and have a good time and not worry about deadlines or anything like that. Um, And I'm really excited. I love this podcast and it's been a really, really wonderful, consistent thing throughout this year. But I definitely want to make some changes going into the new year with how I release things and sort of like my own personal process of sitting down, recording an episode, editing, planning, making notes, collaborating, all that kind of stuff. I definitely want to make some changes. And so I'm hoping that that break that I'm going to give myself is going to really help me with that and just give me some sweet time apart from the internet, apart from social media, apart from expectations that I put on myself. And yeah, I'm so excited for the new year and all of the content that I'm hoping to generate because I have some really exciting ideas of how I want things to change. But Yeah, I also maybe want to get a little bit sappy for a second and just say how cool it is that the podcast has grown so much in the past. Like it's been it's been less than a year since I released the first episode. The first episode was in January, but it's really amazing to see all of the cool connections that I've been able to make and all the cool people that have reached out and been just so wonderful and so open about how this podcast has affected you and yeah I'm just really grateful and so I wanted to just sprinkle a little bit of that sappiness in there and let y'all know that I'm extremely thankful that this is a thing that we get to share with one another 
So yeah, that's my little sappy spiel. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I thought it might be cute today to just do a short, sweet little episode talking about the biggest lessons from 2021 and what I kind of want to bring into the new year, as well as some themes of closure, if closure is even real, and how to achieve it. Uh, transitions and phases and just kind of wrapping up the year with some highlights and some some good old advice that hopefully I'll take with me and hopefully some of you will take with you also. One of the biggest themes for me this year and one of the lessons I kind of want to talk about first is the importance of fluidity in your ways of being. And what I mean by this is rejecting rigid ideas about identity and about personality and about style and self-expression and just embracing the multifacetedness of what it means to exist and to be human and just maintaining an openness to experiences and to ideas and to opinions that are ultimately going to make your life interesting and are going to make things spicy and make things more than just an echo chamber of the same ideas, the same expressions, the same senses of style. I think I've had a lot of realizations this year about the importance of getting out of the boxes that I've placed myself into, whether that's with friends, in a social context, talking about my identity, just not feeling attached to anything that I've sort of created for myself, and just having fun with being fluid and not needing to fit into a specific label or sexual identity or gender identity or personality type, all of these things that I think have become very, very central to a lot of our lives during the context of the pandemic. I know I've, I think I've talked about this before, but lots of like soul searching and feeling the need to have some sort of concrete identity for some kind of security and sense of self, which I think is totally fair and makes so much sense. But I've just felt good this year about rejecting all of that and being like, nah, you know what? Like, I might be an ENFP, but I'm also just a human. (laughs) It doesn't matter what Myers-Briggs has to say about my personality because I'm just out here doing my own thing, changing every day, staying the same in some ways, but not feeling like I need to maintain this kind of persona. This sort of leads me to my next lesson, if you want to call them that, that I want to talk about. This one is the best thing that I can do for my relationships and for myself is to always act in honesty and in love. For me, I've thought a lot about the idea of self-betrayal and how that can show up as someone who has historically been a bit of a people pleaser and struggles to assert myself and to be totally honest in situations, especially around people that... I care about and people that I admire because I don't want to disappoint them and I just want everyone to be happy and avoid any kind of conflict or confrontation, which, you know, is not good for anybody. But yeah, self-betrayal can really show up in ways like this, like catering to, for example, your friend's needs or your friend's desires or their interests while ignoring your own and thinking that somehow it's okay because you're doing it because you love your friends so much 
And that's just a twisted way of thinking that I'm I'm trying to get out of and that I really think I made a lot of progress with this year. At least I like to hope I did. With just being honest and authentic with other people and not feeling like I need to perform this specific type of persona around specific people because they're more comfortable that way. And that's definitely a hard thing that I'm very much so working on. And I think it'll take a lot more time than just one year and a lot of practice and commitment to sticking to it and not letting it kind of like get swept under the rug because no one wants conflict. I feel like that's one that a lot of you can probably relate to. I feel like um, it's pretty common to be a big people pleaser. Maybe not. But yeah, definitely a practice I'm trying to bring in with me to the next year and definitely reflecting a lot on for this past year about how I did betray myself in a lot of ways by not being entirely authentic or honest in my relationships. That kind of takes me to my next point that I think is interesting and maybe a little bit of this like it in like in itself it's not a hot take but the way that i'm going to talk about it and the context that i'm going to put it in i think might be a little bit of a hot take so bear with me uh this lesson is all about not needing to be validated by anybody but myself and taking it one step further validation is not the answer to happiness and hear me out with this one because i think this is an interesting conversation that i haven't really had with that many people because i do feel like it's a little bit of a i don't know you just kind of have to like slowly wade in and then we'll talk about it a little bit more a little bit deeper But I want to talk about the language that's used in popular discourse, especially on social media and even within my friend groups of this language of validating people and of your feelings are valid and that opinion is valid and needing to validate everything in order to give it some kind of value, which I think is kind of bullshit. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and say that now. I definitely used to also use that language. Up until kind of recently of, you know, saying that feeling is totally valid or, oh, it's so valid that you don't want to come out tonight or, or whatever, whatever kind of context it's in. And I just think it's lost a lot of its meaning. And I also think it's kind of missing the mark in some ways. I think that by saying your feelings are valid or that's valid, we're equating the idea of validation with value and with something being okay, you know? Like we can't just say, oh, it's okay if you don't want to come out. Like that's totally fine. I understand that. It has to be, I am validating you for not wanting to come out tonight. I get it in the sense that it can feel really good to hear someone like, verbally validate you and be like yes that is okay with explicit language but I also don't think that we should be searching for validation from other people I think that having our friends and our family and whoever else understand us and having them be empathetic to our needs or our desire to maybe not go out is really important but I don't think that we should be seeking for any kind of validation from anybody else at such a basic level because I don't think that validation is the answer to happiness. I really don't think that hearing other people say your feelings are valid is gonna help in anyway in the long run when it comes to responsibility and accountability and self-love and having a good relationship with your boundaries. 
The idea that we have to validate something, and if we don't validate something, we're somehow invalidating it, is not helpful in any way, especially when it comes to human emotions. There's so much more complex than that, and I also don't think it's helpful to be in the position of thinking that we need other people to validate our feelings in order for them to be okay and for them to exist in the world. One of my favorite content creators, who's also a psychotherapist on Instagram, (laughs) not like an Instagram psychotherapist, like an actual like registered psychotherapist, is Sirut Keshala. Uh, they're really, really amazing. Um, the content that they put out is very, very blunt, kind of harsh, but I really love it. I always, whenever I see a post that they do, I'm always very much like, yep, yep, needed to hear this, yep. <laughs> and I don't agree with everything, But I think that it's a really, really fresh, amazing, insightful perspective that we're missing on social media for sure. And I just want to quickly reference one of the posts that they did a little while ago about this idea of validating emotions, validating feelings. And I want to quote what Sirut said here. Other people's involvement in your emotional experience is not mandatory and their stamp of approval will not change anything other than create dependence on their stamp of approval. Coexist with your emotions and be curious about them and think outside the boxes you are being shoved into. And this was being talked about in the context of having your emotions be validated and how emotions aren't valid or invalid they just are and how this is all connected to this weird therapy world of instagram and how truly unhelpful most of that stuff is so yeah the big takeaway from that is just that i don't need to be validated by anyone but myself and also being validated isn't going to guarantee happiness kind of connected to this point is another lesson that i would love to talk about about boundaries and how nuanced they are. I have also been thinking a lot about boundaries this year and I've talked with some friends about how this idea of setting boundaries and protecting your energy, which I'm all for, but the way that it's getting twisted in Instagram, guru, self-healing, psychotherapy, that's not really psychotherapy kind of universe how boundaries are being confused as an excuse to kind of being just a shitty friend and a shitty person, if I can say that. (laughs) Um, This lesson, I just want to talk about understanding that having boundaries isn't an excuse for me to make it all about me. A lot of the self-help and self-care discourse that I've taken in over the past few years, especially within the past two years, has revolved a lot around this idea that we're all the main characters of our universe, that we need to protect our energy and not be afraid to set boundaries or say no, which are really important ideas. I absolutely, I am a big fan of boundaries. (laughs) I am a big fan of them. And I'm also a huge fan of saying no. But the thing is, I've seen these ideas get twisted into these weird excuses for being kind of a shitty and unreliable person. I think with the whole main character narrative that I've talked about before that so many of us have seen and maybe internalized really just distracts us from the reality that the people in our lives are not our supporting characters. They're not the cast and crew of our movie that is our life. When we think of them as these kind of characters, 
we treat them as more disposable, as less human, as less important than us, which also isn't okay. Just because you're setting boundaries and protecting your energy, which I'm all for, doesn't mean that you can cancel on your friends five times a week and think that it's okay because you're doing it out of self-love. That kind of brings me back to the self-betrayal thing that I think self-betrayal can often be conflated for self-love when we're being spoon-fed these ideas about what it means to set boundaries and what it means to protect yourself and protect your energy and care for yourself and often what it does is just it just isolates us and I think we get tricked into thinking that we're treating ourselves really well and we're loving ourselves and practicing these crucial components of what it means to love yourself but also we're not the only people in the picture here one of the biggest lessons I'm taking from this year when it comes to boundaries is that having boundaries means taking time for myself and means saying no when I want to and maybe sometimes canceling plans, but also in this, taking accountability and responsibility for myself, for my feelings and my actions and my decisions to say no and to cancel plans and remaining mindful that it's not all about me, that maybe if I cancel those plans, my friend is going to be really disappointed. And while I can't control how that person reacts to something that I've done, it is partly my responsibility for making them feel that way. And I think that a lot of the discourse about boundaries and about protecting energy and about self-love really encourages us to think about ourselves as though we are the only important person in our lives and that we should prioritize ourselves over everyone else, which I think is also really dangerous. And I think that that's one of the rigid things that we need to become more fluid with and see ourselves as yes, important, and yes, we should be protecting ourselves and loving ourselves in ways, but that doesn't mean that we get to dispose people in our lives or treat them as disposable or think that we don't have an important role in how they feel. I saw this post a little while ago and I talked with a friend about it who had a similar reaction that I did, and it's from the account Your Dying Nonsense on Instagram. Um, The post is from October 23rd, and the sort of like headline of the post is things you don't need to feel guilt or shame for. And already you know that the post is going to be popular because it's catering to the specific audience that wants everything that they do to be validated, which I am also a part of that for sure. When I see something, it's like things you don't need to feel guilty about. I'm like, oh great, I don't need to feel guilty about these things. Tell me, tell me, tell me. When, I mean, I don't know, I think that there are some things that we should feel guilty about and that there are things that we should definitely take accountability for. And some of the things that this person mentioned on the list are slightly questionable. And so I'm gonna kind of dive into the things that my friend and I pushed back on a little bit just in our own conversation um one of the things that the post says is you don't need to feel guilty about someone else's feelings be empathetic and show remorse if in fact you caused hurt but don't take responsibility for the way in which others feel i think that this is a really really problematic way of looking at things i i get that side of it obviously we can't control how other people feel But we do play a huge role in how we make people feel sometimes. If you yell at somebody and then they start crying and they're visibly upset, we can't just say, oh, well, that's not my problem. Like, I may have yelled, but you didn't need to cry. That's not my responsibility. 
Like, that's not a productive way of looking at things. Like, I think it's a lot more nuanced than that. And I don't think that it's okay to just say you don't need to take responsibility for the way that other people feel about you or feel in response to something you said or something you did to them. That just negates all personal accountability and all sense of personal responsibility, which I don't think is okay and I think is a really dangerous direction to go in, especially when we're talking to adults. I um, I want to just quickly reference the conversation I had with my friend about this. Um, they said something that I thought was really funny and also like very true that they once had a roommate who was so into self-introspection that he was the most inconsiderate person ever. <laughs> and I think that that really sums up the state in which a lot of us are living right now with this discourse of self-help and setting boundaries and protecting energy and being so introspective that we're kind of just displaying narcissistic tendencies. So ways that I have reflected on my own guiltiness of participating in this kind of action and this kind of mindset, I've started asking myself questions like, what is my role in this? How am I contributing to this dynamic? What part of this situation is up to me to take accountability for? And ultimately, just remembering that every relationship, every situation, every dynamic goes both ways or goes in many different ways if it's between multiple people. And once again, just bringing back the theme of fluidity and understanding the nuances of things, setting boundaries and protecting our energy, just it's not an excuse for being an unreliable friend or a non-giving partner or ultimately a self-centered person. There's a really big difference between acting in self-love and acting in self-importance or self-indulgence. And I think that those two things are becoming dangerously too close to one another with the kind of ways that we've been talking about self-care and self-love and setting boundaries on social media especially. There are so many different directions that I think this episode could go into and I'm curious to see where I could take it. But at the same time, I kind of just want to keep it chill and uplift, uplifting, uplifting. I was going to say uplifted, but uplifting and sweet and just like chill, fun time. So I'm going to end it with talking about one last lesson that is a reoccurring theme in my life for sure. And one that I have tried to really commit to this year and I'm going to continue to commit to. Um, is committing to be my own best friend is the greatest act of self-love I could ever make. This has always been a really intentional practice of mine for as long as I can remember. I have really tried to always commit to taking myself out on dates and being mindful of how I spend my time alone and how I manage my inner dialogue, how I talk to myself. Because Ultimately, I'm the only person that I ever have to spend 24 hours of every single fucking day with. Like, don't you just want to make sure that you have a great relationship with that person? Because if you don't, life is just going to be a lot less fun, a lot less giggly, a lot less playful, a lot less full of joy. And here I am getting a little sappy again, but really just committing to having fun with myself and playing and growing and having a good old time just like you would with any other of your friends 
is really just the sweetest thing that I could do. This year has been a lot. It's been a lot of changing. It's been a lot of growing. It's been a lot of learning for sure. And I mean, that's every year. (laughs) I'm not saying anything riveting here. But as I kind of wrap up this episode and I'm thinking about the different things that I talked about, I feel like there's a recurring thing of just questioning and of reprogramming my brain (laughs) as I'm always trying to do but again just being fluid and just existing and not feeling like you need to overthink everything or question everything all of the time because come on now we've got to have a little bit of fun here we can't be thinking so much all of the time and so as much thinking as I feel like I did in this episode and as much questioning and challenging of ideas and perspectives and habits and mindsets that I feel like I brought up in this episode. Ultimately, I think the biggest lesson that anybody can take from this year is to just be exactly where you are right now. Just be here and do what you can to make it the sweetest time of all. And if it can only be a little bit sweet, that's okay. Sweeter times are a-coming. Thank you so much for hanging out. This was really sweet. This was a super cute time, super lovely. And I'm really grateful that you chose to hang out with me today. I hope you had fun. And thanks everybody who has listened this whole year and made it super cute. Big love.